All right, guys, the NFL draft was this past week. I, I know we all kind of root for different teams. I guess Evan and I, I mean, we we both root for the Saints here, but Who that, uh, Matt, any, yeah, we got we got a quarterback in there. You know, we got some help on the defensive line. Matt, anyone pique your interest from the NFL draft this past week? Uh, well. Or hot takes or anything. Patton's draft puts mayo in his coffee. He eats bananas with the peels on. I'll let you guys, un- I'll let the listeners unpack that for what it is. Wasn't too impressed with it. Oh, it sounds like your ideal candidate coming out of college. I have never in my life once contemplated taking a spoon of mayonnaise and putting it in a freshly brewed cup of coffee. But you, you are the champion of the Mac and Mayo movement. I, I, if that is true, I was unaware such a movement existed. Um, <laughs> your face is on billboards. I don't know what to tell you. I want my royalty checks. So Okay. I love mac and mayonnaise and cheese. Don't get me wrong. I haven't had it since 2014. Uh, <laughs> but I Is do that when like your it. doctor disallowed you from doing it ever again? No, I haven't gone to the doctor since I was in the fifth grade. But the um... <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. Well, I, I just want to say so. You know, no tech players drafted this year for the first time in what feels like a while. I don't know when the last time we didn't have a tech player drafted was. 1864. But... Yes, that's that tracks. Um, Miles Brooks um, signed with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted free agent, and Griffin Abear signed as a fullback. Uh, apparently, interesting with Seattle. And then today, Joshua Moat got a couple of uh, mini camp invites from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks. So, shout out to those guys. And then you got one from KC. Uh, Joshua Moat, the offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, 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 good There's for him. One more sort of saints sort of tangentially related to tech nathan do you know what i'm talking about here i don't i think didn't we draft a odu player well there's that but i was talking more about brian breezy um, oh yeah who was the guy if you remember back in football season so long ago but um tech took the time to write him all those uh personalized letters you know because his his sister had passed away the week before our game and uh yeah, so the Saints draft him in the first round, and the feel-good story continues. I mean, I guess it's not not necessarily a feel-good story. That's not the right words for it, but they were all wearing her Ella Strong shirts and all that stuff. So um, anyway, just a little callback yeah. to Tech. Yeah, plus I can just add a couple E's to my Breeze jersey and make it really work. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> he was number 11 in college, so if he keeps that number somehow, even though I don't think you can as a defensive lineman, uh, you can just You can add- get number nine, though. Have the Saints haven't retired it yet, I don't believe, and single par- digits are available <laughs> for anybody. I can parse that's, where's 11. That's fair, but I was going to say you could just add two two numbers and two E's to it, and then you're good. Yeah, just do a nine, nine plus two yeah, nine plus jersey. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And somehow, against the odds, tech went 2-2 two and two this week with a blowout win against Middle Tennessee and then a blowout loss against Middle Tennessee and then, you know, a 3-1 victory, but we can just try to ignore the earlier midweek loss in yeah. Hattiesburg. Yeah. Yep. Last week, we went back to recap the... Uh, the Southern Miss game after recapping the weekend because we were sad. Uh, this time, I'm going to propose that we just blow right through that real quick. 
Yeah, a five to six game, really not that bad of one. Tech makes it a game late uh, after it was tied up at two after the second inning. Southern Miss scores in consecutive innings in the third and fourth to make it four to two, uh, then adds a two run sixth to make it six to two, heading to the eighth where the Tech Bulldogs plate three. And that's where we get the final score of six to five. Honestly, with how good Southern Miss is supposed to be this year, the fact that we won the first one three to one and only lost the second game by one run makes me feel pretty good about this Bulldog team. Well, yeah, how that's many, fair. How many games are left in the season? Not very many. Right. Uh, we have a series against UAB, a series against FAU, and a series against U- UTSA. And what's the record? And added a ULL game in there. What's the record on the season? The Bulldogs are currently at this point in the season twenty-two and twenty-three. Eggs. Yeah, fifteen yep. and nine at home, seventeen and fourteen away. This was an away game, even though it honestly should have been counted as a home game since we were playing at Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg, <laughs> Mississippi. Uh, yeah, the Bulldogs have definitely not quite lived up to expectations for this season. Yeah, yeah, I wish for sure. If you go back, have an episode where we go back and listen to our season preview, so I can laugh my ass off. I think we don't do that intentionally for our own sanity purposes. Yeah, it'd be fun to go back and listen to the sound bites because what a colossal failure of a season it's been. I know Lane's spoken on it. We'll talk more about it at the end of the year, but at the end of the season, but my God. Yeah. yeah. Evan, any thoughts from this game? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> it, the game, the, the score is closer than it should have been. Honestly, we got beat pretty bad. And uh, Ethan Bates makes it interesting in the top of the eighth with a three run homer. But I mean, it's like the second or third time that Ethan Bates has made it interesting late with a home run that puts us in a competitive matchup, even though it hasn't felt that way throughout the entire game. Think about the second ULM game, this game. I think there's a game against MTSU this past weekend as well, where it's closer than it should have been because of Ethan Bates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say this isn't even the first or the last time this week that we'll say that, right? I, I think the second game... Um Maybe that's the secret to Ethan Bates is we just tell him, hey, look, we're down 30 to nothing. And he goes out and hits a home run every time. (laughs) At that point, would it really make a difference if we're losing by 30 runs? No, but we're actually losing by one. And then we tell him we're down 30 to nothing. Blindfold him so he can't see the scoreboard. And I'm sure everything will work out perfectly. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, why don't we jump into this MTSU series? Because it was kind of crazy, honestly. Um, yeah, this was a fun one to have watched none of the games of the weekend for me personally, because just running around every now and then you have to have one of those weekends where you're not allowing yourself to watch too much baseball because, you know, real life gets in the way. But Friday night, 6 p.m. start in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, the Bulldogs end up winning this game 18 to 8 after really it's a huge fifth inning that spurs the Bulldogs to this victory, a seven run fifth where I believe the Bulldogs bat around. Yes, uh, Thaxton Birch ends up leading off that fifth inning with a strikeout and ends up ending the same inning with another strikeout. First one swinging, second one looking. But in between his two at-bats, we have a Will Safford walk, a Davis single, a McLeod hit-by-pitch, a Brody Drost home run, a hit-by-pitch by Corona, strikeout by Bates, a double by Matulia and a home run by Williams that provide those seven runs in that inning off four hits. My Lord. Yeah, it it looked really smart that Coach Burroughs went with Justin Williams and Thaxton Birch in this game. I think we sat Myers and Birchfield and went with Williams and Birch and 
Yeah, it, it looked like a great decision, um, at least on Friday night. But yeah, Tech really dominated this game. And I mean, we can talk about the bottom of the ninth and what happens there uh, to allow it to look a little more respectable for MTSU. But a um, couple things I want to call out here. Every single starter for Tech had two hits in the game, at least. Not very often that you see that. I want to talk about Logan McLeod's stat line here, though. He has two official plate appearances. He's two for two with two singles. Nothing really to write home about, right? But in between those two singles, <laughs> my man got walked, and then he got hit by a pitch, then he got hit by another pitch, and then he got hit by another pitch. Three hit-by-pitches in a row um, for McLeod in this game. And, yeah, I, I hope that he got an ice pack, man. At some point during the Sunday game, uh, Blue Tech Blue tweeted out, Logan McLeod had five walks and four hit by pitches against Middle Tennessee this weekend. Oh, man. Nine on-base appearances without swinging the bat. I could do that. They could bean me and I could get on base. That was my job in Little League. I was the left-hander who never swung the bat because I would always miss, but I got on base because I got hit. Never swung the bat. Well, maybe that's why I was so bad at it. Swang. Uh, This was a fun game to read about and follow on Twitter, at least. That bomb the ninth, though, is what makes it, I don't know, you say interesting earlier. Tech is up, what, 18 to three going into the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Granted, the Blue Raiders score five in the bottom of the ninth, but that only makes it a 10 run ball game. And Middle Tennessee nearly bats around. Uh, Nine batters come to the plate in that bottom half of the ninth inning there. But. Again, it's it would be very difficult for them to make a real rally here with only three outs to play. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what's interesting about it is that Tanner Knight comes in in the eighth to replace Fincher, who's you know allowed seven hits and two runs um, in his uh, seven innings of work, and Tanner Knight just you know could not finish the job right, and you're just like literally this. There's no pressure. You're up eighteen to three. Like there's absolutely no pressure to you know, just go out there, throw strikes and get outs. Right. And he just could not do it. He could not do it. So you had to bring in Raleigh Hector to get the final out. Yeah. An error there that doesn't help his stat line, but six runs, three earned, uh, two walks, two strikeouts, a hit by pitch, a wild pitch and four hits allowed by Tanner Knight on the night. Um, Hector Raleigh comes in, gets that last final out uh, via, I believe a foul out. If I remember correctly, um, yeah, again, it's 18 to eight at that point. You're just trying to go home, get back to the hotel if you're tech. And uh, luckily, fortunately, the game finally mercifully ended in the Oprah Winfrey meme. You get a pitch, you get a pitch. That's <laughs> just, that's ugly. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a, you get a, an appearance, you get an appearance uh, from middle Tennessee on the night, six different pitchers pitch in this Friday night game, not <laughs> what they wanted they allowed 18 runs on the night, so I mean, it it's not Brutal. all that surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, the loss goes to the starter, Patrick Johnson, who over one and two-thirds allows five hits and two runs. Not the worst performer <laughs> on the night, but because he's the starter, he gets the loss. Uh, really, it's uh, Justin Lee, who was really in there to eat up innings. Three innings pitched, allows six runs, all earned on three hits. Oof. That's no. not fun uh, to be in his position. Sorry, seven seven hits. Oh, okay. It was uh, Bryant Baranek 
who allows five runs, five all five earned on three hits over one and a third. Yeah, why don't we go to Saturday? Um, yeah, learn some things from the Saturday game. Yeah, so this game started just about as badly as you possibly can. An eleven to nothing lead in the first Jeez. three innings. Uh, for, <laughs> yeah, Man. yeah. Basically, I'm not so sure Greg if that Martinez, Matt soundbite came through, but that was a noise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg Martinez comes in, pitches one third of an inning, gives up four hits and five runs. Uh, walking so, two. So to to clarify, what a third of an inning means, he gets yeah. one out, gets but one allows out. five God. runs to score. Chris Boobich. Yep. yep. Only four earned, so I guess we had another error. We had a lot of errors this weekend. I think the, the grass field was yeah, messing the, us the up. Yeah, the first at-bat of the game was an error. Yeah. Start. Does not uh, help. Reed Smith comes in. He makes it one and one-third, at least, but also gives up four earned runs oh, on four hits. So uh, there you go. They're up 9 nothing. Nick Fraginals comes in to finish out the, uh, the second inning, and he gives up three hits and two earned runs making the score 11 to zero. And, yeah, and at that, this point in particular, just to point this out at the end of the third, tech was down 11 to zero and has been no hit through this point. Unbelievable. Yep. And I just want to say, so I was watching this on my phone while I was, uh, while I was so prepping, sorry. prepping dinner. Um, and then I decided to turn it off because it was 11 to zero in the third inning. And I didn't want to watch that. Uh, have, it was a beautiful day outside. I was getting ready to grill. Have their poor performance uh, then, affect your meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you burn whatever you were cooking? <laughs> no, I wasn't quite to the cooking stage. Then, you know, so I turned it off and then I, I'm seeing the tweets come up and it's like, okay, it's 11 to two now. It's, a, oh, Bates with another home run, 11 to five. Okay. Then I turned it back on and they immediately <laughs> scored another run <laughs> to make it 12 to five. Yeah. It was a two home run fifth inning by the Bulldogs by Will Safford and Ethan Bates to make it that 11 to five game. Which, you know, is closer. I mean, if one team can score 11, we sure can, right? Oh. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Middle Tennessee adds another run in the sixth to make it 12 to 5. Um, and no scoring from the Bulldogs or the Blue Raiders in the seventh or eighth. Bring it to the ninth inning, the top of the ninth, because it's a road series where with one out, Will Safford adds his second home run of the game. Both of these were solo shots uh, to add a run to the scoreboard. What is that to make it six to 12, two times your, or I guess one half times your score. Um, <laughs> a, another out, then McLeod gets on base via the walk. Brody Dross gets on base via a single. <laughs> Corona doubles a couple of them home. Ethan Bates gets a single, uh, four hits in a row there, or I guess three hits in a walk there in a row. Maybe the Bulldogs have something cooking, but with one out left to play, Philip Matulia grounds out to the second baseman to end this game with a final score of 12 to 8. Yeah, definitely made it a little bit more interesting there at the end, but ultimately you get out hit 18 to 9 uh, and you add three errors. Not much not much you can do to catch up to that usually. Yeah, th- I mean I I want to do the math here. It always feels like historically whenever Tech has a huge game a runaway game. Tech was winning by 15 going into the bottom of the ninth against Middle Tennessee on Friday. It always feels like the next game is when we struggle in. Our bats are just not there after going lights out the night before. Ugh. And it felt, it definitely felt like that was true on Saturday night or afternoon or whatever. Well, yeah, it certainly took a while for them to show up. And, you know, normally you score eight runs 
on a weekend game, you'd hope that your pitching would be good enough to to win it for you. But and Greg Martinez has been better lately, but man, he did not have it uh, there in the in the one third of an inning that he he got to uh, got to pitch. But enough about the sadness. We've kind of gone sad, happy, sad. Let's go back to happy with the Sunday series finale against the Blue Raiders in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. All right, Sunday. So, yeah, the Sunday game. Um, yeah. I didn't watch this one either because I was at the Rangers 15-2 uh, demolishing of the <laughs> Yankees, which made me very happy, made Catherine very sad. But oh. um, Is Catherine a Yankees yeah, fan? She, I don't think she, I knew that. She is, yeah, she not is. A, not a Dodgers fan, not even a, an Anaheim fan. Yeah, you're from California I, and you root for the East Coast nuts. team that everybody I hates. I think that's nuts. If you're from the L.A. area, it's, you have to be. A, it's her, her parents or her mom was a Yankees fan and she grew up cheering for them. So, oh man, you know, I get you. She and her sisters. I get you. Uh, well, she's not on the podcast, so I can't boo her, but yeah, I mean, you can, I'll, I can pass it along. Okay. Yeah. Just one, one quick boo. But yeah, while you were doing that, I was watching the DC defenders of the XFL, uh, make the championship game. But while we were otherwise occupied, the Louisiana tech, Diamond Dogs faced off against Middle Tennessee and the series finale for all the marbles in Murfreesboro to take the series victory. And they started off pretty hot, scoring two runs in the first and another one in the third to create a three to nothing lead going in through the mid part of this game. Middle Tennessee doesn't get on the board until the sixth inning where a walk and then a couple back to back singles scores Boyd the designated hitter for the Blue Raiders to make this one a 3-1 game and that ends up being the final neither team able to find the scoreboard again and the Bulldogs take this game and take the series in Tennessee uh, just to add in I too did not watch the game <laughs> so I was doing Nathan, you, made, was, uh, watering you made the end of the game my spice card what were was, you doing Matt what were you doing watering my spice garden for three hours? <laughs> You're fucking busy. That's a lot of water. Yeah. And I stubbed my toe and I cried for 20 minutes. Okay. Well, that explains is that it when, That's when Middle Tennessee scored their one run of the game is when you stubbed your toe and were crying in the garden. Yeah. Well, anyway, low scoring game. Yeah. On a Sunday when your worst pitcher is supposed to pitch. Well, there's there's a couple of notes about the pitchers, but yeah. You made the the end of the game sound a little bit less stressful than it was. So I pulled up, I had pulled up the stats page um, at the game, um, at the Rangers game, and was watching it refresh in the bottom of the ninth. And I'm like, okay, there's a man on with one out. Oh, it's first and second. Oh, the bases are loaded with one out. Um, and then you know I'm waiting for the next refresh. It's like, oh man, is it gonna be a, is it gonna be a hit? You know. A, a base hit that ties the game or is it going to be, you know, a strikeout or an out? And then I'm like, maybe it'll be, and then it refreshes and it's a double play game over. So yeah, four, uh, six, three. Yep. The most beautiful of double plays, the leadoff hitter from middle Tennessee goes over five on the night or on the afternoon, including that four, six, three to end the game. Yeah, it was stressful. Bases are loaded, but the, the Bulldog pitching staff was able to make it a game and make it, an interesting game at that. Uh, Landon Tompkins ends up getting the start in this one. Yeah. Goes uh, five innings. Six innings. Allows six five innings. hits. Wow. Um, only one earned run and one run allowed on, in total. Gets four strikeouts. Ryan Harland comes out for a seventh inning. Allows one hit, but nothing else. 
um, and, and only throws five pitches in that one <laughs> inning, gets three Damn. outs on five pitches, and one of those <laughs> was a hit. So uh, you do the math there. One pitch was not put in play. Um, Ethan Bates gets the two-out save here as eighth of the season. It also allows one hit, but no earned runs. Only allows one walk, gets a strikeout, and hits a batter on 21 pitches thrown. So, okay, so Harlan comes in in the bottom of the seventh. He gives up a single on the first, the very first pitch. Then he gets a guy to strike out looking on three straight pitches and then grounds into a double play. So that's how that happened to five pitches. But that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. One of my favorite things from the Cubs World Series run was the manager at the time, Joe Madden, was talking about every time his pitcher gets a three pitch inning, no matter how he gets the three pitch inning, he buys them a steak dinner. And I, I feel like Ryan Harlan deserves something for getting a five pitch inning. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm sure it's some sort of like college, yeah. you know, NCAA rule against buying steak a, dinners for athletes. A, well, but get him a steak deserves, dinner from and, the calf. I mean, you can buy him like an Outback steak. That shouldn't count for anything. <laughs> from the calf. It's got to be from the calf or the tech <laughs> table or whatever they call it now. Well, I, mean, I think if it's from the calf. It's veal. That's fuck. That's so good. That's so <laughs> well crafted. I'm not even mad. <laughs> that was good. You can give him some mac and mayonnaise and cheese. I'm the sole. Pro- That's more of a I'm the sole proprietor of the only torturing device that ISIS and the CIA have outlawed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's an exciting series finale. Not one I would expect to be low scoring, but really, the Sunday games have kind of been an enigma for the Bulldogs so far this year, where we've struggled and especially offensively struggle to put up runs. And we did in this game as well, but we somehow come, came away with a victory. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest game for, for us offensively still had eight hits out, hit the uh, blue Raiders, but you know, they got the job done early and then didn't do much for the rest of the game. But uh, you know, the pitching was enough to get it done and shout out Tompkins. I think that's the longest um, outing that I've seen him have at least. And I mean, at this point, do you make him a weekend starter or do you keep him for relief? It, it almost feels like a Jonathan Fincher situation. He started out as basically the closer. We put him in to start games and he dominated in that position. Yeah, unfortunately, Tompkins is a senior, so I don't think we can get more out of him, unfortunately. Oh, then we ride his arm into the ground. Who cares after yeah. this? <laughs> well, that's not good, but sure. I, I, it was also facetious just <laughs> to be know, clear I know, I know, I but know. but yeah i mean maybe pro scouts want to see what he's like in a long situation we've only ever pitched him in short inning high leverage situations try him out as a starter the season's not quite lost but it's a position where all right we're not getting it at large no matter we can win every game for the rest of the year we're not getting it at large yeah we For have sure. to win the oh, tournament, boy. possibly if we get to the final, if we win enough games in the tournament itself, maybe. But at this point, why not experiment? Why not oh, try no, can- to see what happens if Landon Tompkins starts or if Fincher bets or if we play around <laughs> with the lineup? I'm very happy with the fact that Lane Burroughs decided to see, especially in that Friday game, let's let's start Justin Williams at DH. Why not? Let's see what happens. Yeah, and things like work. I said, it went really well that first game. I mean, Justin Williams had two home runs. You know, he he goes uh, three for five with a single and two home runs. So, I mean, or no, sorry, three for six looks like. 
Um, now he did strike out four straight times uh, on Saturday, but you know, golden sombrero. Uh, it's worth a shot. But yeah, let's go ahead and go into the players of the week. That sounds um, gross. Let's go into. I mean, we can go magic school bus style. Shrink the bus down. Oh God! <laughs> visit the circulatory system of. Louisiana Tech's best athletes. Um, Evan, if you were to shrink Ms. Frizz style. What? Frizz Isle? Alright, I'm, 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 I'm abandoning the ship. Evan, who do you think is this play, the player is of the week? Is that how you think her yeah, surname is pronounced? I think I think he said Miss Frizz style. Oh, brutal. Go ahead, Evan. Um, I'm going to go with Logan McLeod. I mean, if you go up to bat 16 times and you get on base, I don't even know how many times you get on base, but nine times via hit by pitch or walk that's a good weekend um so yeah he only has looks like two hits on the weekend but he gets on base 11 times in the 16 blade appearances so including eight in a row to start the weekend yeah uh pretty good there by logan mcleod yeah matt you have someone you want to point out Uh, can someone just give me a name i can use because i didn't watch any of this Will Safford had the highest All right, Will OPS. Safford, yeah. 1.938. He just tore it up, 1.938 OPS, so that's my guy. Yeah, had a home run in both the first two games. Yeah, Will Safford is what a bottom-of-the-rotation hitter um, and really kind of showed out this past week. Yeah, he's got three home runs on the weekend. I don't know. How many home runs did he have going in? Like one, maybe? 40. 40? Wow. 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 Yes. wow. The three is kind of slowing his pace <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I'd say 40 and then 400. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. Yeah, his first home run of the season came against uh, Middle Tennessee Friday night. So all three home runs came this weekend for Will Safford. Damn. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Matt, Will Safford had the highest OPS on the week. But I want to give extra credit to George Corona for always playing that catcher position um, because that's another level of effort that he he demonstrates uh, throwing guys out and framing pitchers and everything. The second highest OPS on the weekend, 1.411, a 625 OPS on the weekend on, or yeah, on base percentage OPS, uh, only second to Logan McLeod after all those hit by pitches and, and walks and such. Uh, but Corona has a fantastic week at the plate um, as many at bats as anybody and really a huge part of this team scores what uh five runs on the week including three on friday one on saturday and one on sunday and reaches via the air as well that's not even included in that ops on sunday that's just a fantastic performance out of your catcher that you you just love to see yeah for sure he goes uh three for five in the sunday game as well by far the best um or i guess three for four right because the error four because you yeah you you take away the error yeah and that's by far the best uh performance by a bulldog batter um in the game that mattered the most yeah the rubber game nice yep one you really one you really really need to have for those conference standings too (laughs) this week the bulldogs face off against northwestern state and uab all four games of which are at home the tuesday game against the demons of northwestern state is on tuesday may 2nd at 6 p.m central on kusa.tv or live at jc love field at pat patterson park fact here via the schedule the first 400 fans will receive free mini bats oh. i don't want a mini bat i have a mini royals bat yeah. which sometimes it feels like that's what the fucking players are using because they're so fucking awful <laughs> I have a Nationals mini bat, and I feel exactly oh, the same. God damn it. 
man, I don't have a Rangers mini bet, but they're doing quite well right now. So, so whatever you do, don't buy <laughs> a mini bet. Right? <laughs> after that, after the Tuesday game against Northwestern State, the Bulldogs will welcome the UAB. They're a dragon. Their name Blazers. is the My Blazers. <laughs> they're almost out of the conference, and they're dead to me now. On a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchup, 6 p.m. Central on Friday, 2 p.m. Central on Saturday, and 1 p.m. Central on Sunday. All of these games also on Kusa.tv. And the Saturday game is the beach game. Excuse me? Sure. The, the B-E-A-C-H the game. game. I I spelled it to make sure you don't think it's the bitch game, so that works too. The greatest reference I've ever had. Evan, anything you can tell me about this Northwestern State team? Oh, Northwestern State, we lost them a few weeks ago. Yeah, in thirteen innings. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the best feeling. Uh, Don't don't like to lose to uh, Northwestern State. Let's see. Tech took the lead in the top of the thirteenth, but then gave up. Gave up a couple runs there in the bottom of the 13th for a for a loss. Let's see, in that game, really, there were two guys on the offensive side for them that we needed to watch out for. Uh, Brock Holmes and Gabe uh, Col- Coliani, who both went three for six in the game. Um, Coliani with three RBIs as well. So um, those were kind of the the guys that that were hot against us um and they pitched a whole bunch of pitchers in this game so i would expect a similar approach in this one yeah a midweek game especially when you go 13 innings you end up throwing a lot of arms this game's also in ruston like we said the last one was in hattie in not hattiesburg nacogdoches nacogdoches <laughs> man do you not pay attention to eighth grade history <laughs> I did, and I did my, my report on Canes, so that's how I know I pay attention. Fucking simp. Um, I was hoping to get free Canes. Sue me. That's a fantastic idea, but it failed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any. I got free napkins. That gave me nothing. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Stupidest fucking thing. Got free napkins. Yeah, my my teacher even told me intentionally, like, pick a Louisiana business. Um, that you want free stuff from because sometimes they'll send you free stuff. So I picked Canes and they gave me nothing. I picked uh, Louisiana Oil and Gas. So I can start my start my <laughs> own oil baron business and become a billionaire. I'm just picturing you getting like a legal size envelope full of oil. <laughs> oh, damn. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> All right, since the last time these two teams played, Northwestern State has had a bit of uh, both success and misery. Uh, Won and lost a few games. They won two of three against Lamar at home. Uh, Their Stephen F. Austin game was canceled, but then they lost two of three to Houston Christian, took two of three from Incarnate Word, lost 15 to three to ULL, but took two of three against Nichols this past weekend in Natchitoches before traveling to Ruston Tuesday night to face the Bulldogs. Um, right now, Warren Nolan's RPI predictor has Tech winning this game 6-5, to five, and Massey Ratings has Tech winning this game 7-5. to five. So We think we're winning this game? Yeah. Yeah, I think we got it this time. Yeah. It feels like things are slowly trending in the right direction for the Bulldogs. Not everything has. I mean, we were just swept by Dallas Baptist. 
but it feels like this team is better now than they were a couple weeks ago, let alone three or four weeks ago, the last time we played Northwestern State. So, yeah, that coupled with the home setting, I feel pretty good about this game, to be honest. Well, really, I mean, really need it. Got to build confidence up for the big one. Yeah. The big one is not this coming weekend against UAB. The Blazers are 14 and 29 overall, 5 and 16 in conference. Uh, let's see. They have won two of their last seven. And before that, they had won a couple games. And before that, they were on a five game, six game losing streak, including also getting swept by Dallas Baptist. The Blazers are not very good at baseball this year, but unlike North Texas, they actually have a team. Um, they will face Birmingham Southern on Tuesday night, a non-division one opponent before they travel to Ruston to play the Bulldogs. Yeah. And like you said, Nathan, I mean, this team just, they're not very good at much of anything. They're batting 220 as a team right now and allowing 279 uh, to their opponents. So pretty, pretty clear why they're losing a lot of games. I don't know what ours is actually. That would be interesting to compare, but it looks like they've got three guys who have have pitched most of their innings so i'm assuming they're the weekend starters it's going to be carson myers he's got an era of 3.27 then a guy named blaze berry which i mean that doesn't seem my favorite cereal (laughs) i mean like do they get a recruiting violation for you know recruiting a guy named blaze to their team the blazers but uh 59.2 innings for him in a 4.68 era and then walton or Brooks Walton with a 4.7 ERA. Those are going to be the three main rotational guys. Um, and outside of those three, they do have a pretty decent reliever in John Luke Martin. He's got a 2.33 ERA and um, only allowing opponents to bat 217 against him. Yeah, I will say Blaze is spelled with a Y. Brutal. Be sad. Yeah. Yeah, this series on the weekend, the Bulldogs are favored to win the Saturday and Sunday games by the Warren Nolan RPI predictor, but not the Friday game. The Friday game, they have the Blazers winning 5-3, to three, but then the Bulldogs winning 4-3 to three and 5-4 to four on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. So, some close games predicted here. Massey, which again, does not differentiate between the three games of the series, predicts Tech to win these games 6-5 to five with a 66% chance of victory. So all four games this weekend, the Bulldogs will be favored to win by Massey and three of four by Warren Nolan's RPI predictor. I think we all said that we think that Bulldogs will win against Northwestern State this week in the midweek game. But how do we feel about the UAB series? I mean, I think Tech's going to. Oh, man, Leah, are you not feeling confident about the Tech's, about Tech's ability? Um, no, I, tech, tech should take care of business against them for every single game. Do you think that's that's winning all three nah, or two win or the three whole thing. Sweep them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, Matt. I think we're at a point where we really, really need to sweep this series. Um, we've put ourselves in a position where that's kind of necessary to sweep a bad team, which is hard to do still. But we're playing FAU and then closing out the season with UTSA um, in the last two weekend series. So, like... This is kind of your last chance to cement yourself in that top eight. I mean, if if like we were to get swept this weekend, it's like, oh, I mean, maybe we're not even <laughs> gonna make the tournament. There's a, there's a possibility. Nuts. So yeah, this this weekend. I mean, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but just this weekend is more important than it may have been if we were like as good as we expected. You know, it would be fine to drop a game or two, but 
we're really in a position where we need to go out and sweep this um, sweep this weekend against a you know bad Blazer team. Two and thirteen on the road, by the way, the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that after we face UAB, we don't have another team that's lower ranked than a hundredth RPI because we play ULL, FAU, and UTSA to round out the season. So these are the only winnable games, not winnable, but what would be called an easy win out of the rest of the schedule are Northwestern State and UAB. I think we drop one of them. I mean, this is a team that was down, what, 11 to nothing against Middle Tennessee this past week. I think we are trending in the right direction, but I don't think we are anywhere close to being there. I don't think we fall 11 to nothing to UAB at any point, but... This is a team that has looked inconsistent and does not have three straight weekend starters. And I can really see us dropping one of these games by multiple runs. Yeah, I guess it's a matter of can our our weekend starters go back to the form they had like the last three weekends where they I mean, DBU aside, like DBU is a very good team. But even then we did okay. (laughs) I mean, two of our weekend starters fell apart in the first two innings of the Saturday game. Like that's not a normal occurrence, hopefully. Um, and hopefully that, that was a one-off and we can put it behind us. But if we're going to pitch like that in a weekend game, we're going to lose weekend games, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I still really think it's, it's what a three in one week by the Bulldogs this week. <laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong in the right way and not a zero and four week oh, God. from the Bulldogs. <laughs> well, the Bulldog baseball team wasn't not the only team on campus to have a two and two week on the week. The softball team beat Grambling three to nothing in the whiteout. I believe they are undefeated all time against Grambling. If I saw that right, maybe that was a home record. But then welcome Charlotte to Dr. Billy Bundrick Field, where they only won one of the three games, winning the Friday night opener 4-3, to three, then losing 8-1 to one and 1-3. to three. Then this coming week, they will play the pink game against UL Lafayette on Wednesday, May 3rd at 5 o'clock on CUSA.TV, then travel to Western Kentucky in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where they'll face the Hilltoppers for a three-game series to end the regular season Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I don't see any streaming details here, so... They, those may only be radio only. It's at Western Kentucky? Yes. Yeah, I would assume so because their baseball team only streamed one of the uh one of the games on Facebook Live. So yeah, after the um after the setback against Charlotte this weekend, Tech currently finds themselves in fifth in the conference, uh, at twelve and nine. Western Kentucky is listed below us at twelve and eight. Not sure why, but um nonetheless, I mean it's a very close race here among the top eight teams. And in fact, it's uh, UAB leads the conference at 15 and six. And then the eighth place team is Florida Atlantic also at 12 and nine. So, you know, it's, it's a very, very tight race here. Yeah. So just one weekend left. I mean, we're playing a team that we're essentially tied with. So this is very important. You know, you got to at least take two of three from them, you know, ideally sweep and put yourself in a position to maybe, you know, maybe end up as one of the top two or three seeds um, in the conference. Yeah, and that and that may be easier said than done. Massey ratings does not favor Tech in any game this week. A fifteen percent chance to beat ULL. Four to one. Raging Cajuns final score predicted. 
Western Kentucky, again, this is Massey, so they don't differentiate between the games, but a 40% chance to win each game, a 4-3 to three final score predicted, with Western Kentucky being the victors in each of those predictions. Yeah, Tech up to number 78 in Massey, though, um, which is pretty nice. Uh, so, you know, we're a good team. Um, Western Kentucky is 82nd. ULL is number 21 in Massey ratings. But uh, I had one more sport to talk about. Most of the sports seem to be wrapping up. Um, is it golf? But yeah, we had the uh, we had the golf conference championship this week, and I think the way that it worked is that you started out with thirty six holes, so over three days, or no, whatever eighteen times three is. What is that? Fifty six? Fifty two? Fifty? What? Uh, Fifty four? There we go. Fifty-four holes of golf. You, you got just, there. You just—you uh, are canonically bad at math. I that, think that is true on that this is, podcast. That so. is true. probably not in real life, but at least on this podcast. Um, so fifty-four holes to determine the who makes it into the match play finals, and Tech ended up in third out of those fifty-four holes, and then um, ends up beating Middle Tennessee in their head-to-head matchup, three to two, whatever that means. And then the Bulldogs had to turn around and face Charlotte, who are the defending champions and number one seed. And uh, Tech held a slim lead in four of the five pairings, but the 49ers pulled it out to get a three to two victory. So I guess it's head to head golfer versus golfer. So I do want to say that James Swash, though, a Bulldog senior, won the individual championship. He shot negative one in those 54 holes the first three days and he uh he was the best he was the best golfer out there individually so he wins a conference championship as an individual yeah the only sport i will mention very quickly is track and field in the maroon and white invite at starkville mississippi three silver medalist finishes from jamie sancho mateo smith and shania parkinson um, in the 200 meter long jump and shot put respectively, also 20 personal records as a team um, end of the weekend for the Bulldog track and field team. Next up will be the conference USA, I believe indoor championship, outdoor championships in Denton, Texas. Another thing for you to finish <laughs> to travel to Evan, if they make the finals <laughs> or however this works on, I believe this is mother's day weekend, Tuesday, May 11th to Sunday, May 14th. Oh, wow. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, the Memphis Grizzlies got eliminated from the playoffs, um, because they sucked in game six, but because they sucked, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. got to play about 10 minutes in a playoff game, which is pretty cool. Uh, he shot two for six from the field, scored five points and had, uh, three rebounds and one assist. So pretty cool to get to see him, um, on the court, even if it's in garbage time, because Memphis decided they didn't want to hit any shots for the entire game. But yeah, shout out to Junior. Yeah, and speaking of Junior Lofton, let's go to this week's tweet of the week. Evan, what's this week's tweet of the week? Yeah, so after I believe it was game five when Junior got one minute of play and scored two points, um, Bob, son of Bob, at Robert Garner three tweeted, This man averages two points per minute in the playoffs. Why is he not playing 40 minutes per game? And uh, who knows, maybe if the Grizzlies had gone with that 40 minutes for junior approach in game six, I mean, it couldn't have gone worse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, and just uh, another real quick thing here. Uh, junior, 
He played so well against OKC in that last game of the season. And Is this actual praise coming from Matt? Obviously, I'm going to ignore that. Obviously, they, uh, <laughs> he uh, got signed to the deal where he's doesn't have to worry about the G League. G League Rookie of the Year. So I'm hoping he has an expanded role next year. I'd find it quite stupid uh, if he doesn't get better minutes going into next year because he's only going to get better. So I've... Yeah. It would be... <laughs> I don't really have an NBA team. I float around a lot, but it would be it would be great to root him on and root the Grizzlies on because I I don't think Ja and Kenny have played together yet. Really, they did a little bit when Ja first came back um, from his suspension, but not substantially. He, he was you playing know, second team because minutes. Kenny's not no, Kenny's not, not, not really. a lot of a lot of reps. You're not getting that kind of uh, chemistry no, but between I, the two. My God, what a connection that could be, Ben! Like I I'm looking forward to that to see what happens oh i just yeah. also saw apparently bj williamson signed yeah, with the new york giants I just so saw that's that cool. on twitter hey i think it's about time to sign off of this episode that about wraps it up for this episode of the go tech please on die podcast as always you can follow us on twitter at g-o-t-e-c-h-p-l-s-d-n-t-d-i-e or head to our blog gtpdd.dog where we're recording this in april but we're releasing this in march you can get the well, shirt of the in month march we're going, back, We're going in time? back in time. We are. And I by no means did I misspeak and me- mean to say <laughs> May. <laughs> the May shirt of the month will be out soon and will be finalized sooner. GTBDD.dog slash shop to get that. And who knows what it will be? It's a surprise, even for myself. Go and check that out. Also get sunflower seeds. Evan, you want to give that spiel? Yeah, Chinook Sunflower Seeds. Very good. Um, I've got a bag of cinnamon toast flavor sitting right here in front of me. Um, Pretty good stuff. Also, the lemon pepper flavor, which just came out, is pretty dope. But uh, go to ChinookCedary.com. Use our code GOTEC at checkout for 10% off your order. And I think that's it. So until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And GOTEC, please don't die. the Blue Raiders in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Big smoke. Big smoke. Big smoke. Every time MTSU <laughs> comes up, Matt talks about big fucking smoke. <laughs> oh, man. Legendary rapper. Uh, I don't know if he's from Murfreesboro or just the greater Nashville area, but what a legend. I'm curious if he's even from the area. From Bozier City. <laughs> <laughs> see, he has a Wikipedia page. He was born... In San Diego, California. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> tracks. <laughs> wow. It's a big deal in Tennessee. Yeah, his origin is Shelbyville, Tennessee. I don't know where the fuck that is. I guess Nashville. Oh, I'm sorry. Next you mean Shelbyville. I, I assume it's next to Springfield if I've watched enough Simpsons cartoons. I love Shelbyville. Uh, that's where the, the better Homer lives. Yeah. And the better Lenny.